Welcome to the Casey Catch-Up. This is an episode I filmed a little while ago with the four-wheel drive team and uh, basically they were going to release it, edit and release it, then they ran out of time, so I was going to do it. Um, and then they said they could do it again and a bit of back and forth and basically uh, I've done a bit of a rough edit and going to release it. So, yeah, this is the Casey Catch-Up with the four-wheel drive crew, uh, Ben and Paul, and some really good insight into how you can use the four-wheel drive to your advantage to basically get you out downwinding earlier, but also help you learn to foil, surf foil, wing foil, whatever it is, you can you can use a full drive really as a as an awesome tool to get you going. Um, also excited to announce that the code foil pod is, uh, I'll be testing in a couple of days, but basically the code the foil drive have a code pod, so you can use foil drive with code foils, which is super exciting and stoked to get that. Um, sorted before we officially launch we have had a few demos and prototypes and um, sets floating around in a few shops uh, but the release is coming very soon Um, so get to your local shops and and ask them why they don't have them in there yet or why they've only got a limited number or whatever it is but yeah we're releasing code foil stuff very soon uh, which is exciting so uh, this podcast was filmed when I was still with Axis, I think, even. So it's um, it's was from like January this year. So it was a while ago now, um, five months. <laughs> Been sitting on it for a while. But um, yeah, Foil Drive podcast slash Casey Catch-Up podcast. Enjoy it. All right. Well, welcome to the Casey Catch-Up. We got the team from Foil Drive and we're doing a bit of a co-podcast. Um, it is still going to be downwind focused, but there's definitely going to be a lot of chat on how we can use the foil drive mm-hmm. to help our learning curve and even your progression, quicker progression, basically. Yeah. So, yeah. Ben, Paul, thanks for tuning in. No, thanks so much for having us, mate. It's been I, cool, to, cool to walk. Yeah, I think it's um, it'd be a cool place to start of like <laughs> how how we came to start sort of working together and you know. I just remember when we first kicked off foil drive, I was like, we need to we need to find some like cool guys, especially in Australia, like local to where we are, that are doing this kind of stuff and that, you know, are trying to help other people get into it. Cause that's the like foil drive just helps so many people get into foiling and learn mm. foil faster, myself included. I've never surfed, <laughs> never done any water sports before surf foiling. So, you know, I just cold called you out of nowhere and I was like, oh, we're making this motor like. You think it could be of interest and you probably had no idea what was going on or who it was or anything like that it's yeah. it's so cool to see how it's developed over the last couple of years working with oh it. for sure i was pretty sure i jumped on it because i tried teaching with a boat and i was playing around with like a, a winch like looking at buying a winch yeah. and i was like there's got to be an easier way and mm-hmm. um to to teach with something that is essentially an e-foil but then you can take the same thing out of the flat water into the surf and assist catching waves one waves that don't break two waves away from other people and three having that progression from flats like lake flat to Mm -hmm. like boat ramp like lumps to the edge of a surf break to an empty surf break yeah i've i've used the fold up so much and just recently actually i taught two kids um 14 and 11 um and one the, the younger 11 year old hadn't surfed much the 14 year old had he- a fair bit and we did one and a half sessions in the flat water and now frothing just like zipping around obviously they're light so they're like e-foiling and getting a shitload of life out of the battery 
Yep. Second session was doing that again and then in the ocean and just sort of getting them used to little onshore bumps and almost downwind foiling essentially with the four-wheel drive. Um, yeah. Another one like that and then we went out to this reef break and they they both foiled um, on waves with the prop out of the water like it, and no injuries, like no, yeah. no, not even close. Like, because yeah. the, the, the breaking wave was like way over there and mm. then the unbroken wave was over here. I said, okay, guys, you have to stay this side of me. And then they did and they just kept catching up. Like, yeah, you know, it was epic, That's basically. Cool. It's so, and that was definitely the best experience. I think for lighter people, the current fall drive is so good. Um, and yeah. I, I know that, um, Heavy, like 100 kilo plus people make it. It's a little, it's a bit harder, but with waves, the fact you can motor into, like, or just like just paddle faster onto a yeah. wave. It's it, yeah. for, for me coaching. Like people learn to learn to foil. It's yeah. been the best, honestly. It's been the best experience. Tricky balance when I came when I was designing it. I was like, I want something that's just powerful enough that it makes the experience the irrelevant you know doesn't matter what your experience level is enough power that it makes it easy to get onto waves much earlier but then i don't want it to be too powerful and too big that ruins the whole purpose of it which is mm. to just pure foil and that was a really hard balance like you can never have this perfect utopias like one size fits all thing for some people it's too powerful for some people it's not powerful enough and then for most people it's just right in the middle and there are, as you said, there's those battery options. We've got the bigger one, medium and small. Mm. You can play with that a little bit too, which was stemmed from the obsession that people have with playing with different wings and masts and nails. Yeah. wings, shimming. Yes. <laughs> More can, things you, to play around with. <laughs> yeah. Actually, another hard. another good good news story on my, my teaching with the fall drive, I just took a, a, a one of my clients, his name's Trevor, actually he's, um, he's a frother, like, We've been surfboarding for ages and he he thought foiling was going to be too hard for him. He got a foil drive, mm. did a few sessions with him in the flat. He bought his own, did a few sessions up the coast, up at like, um, I think it was up at Seal Rocks. And he got yeah. a few like sort of unbroken swells there and he was frothing. He came back the other, and then last week we went for our first downwind foil. Him using, yeah. obviously both of us were using the foil drive. And um, just like a four kilometer run and yeah. it was an ocean run, but the, it was like next to no swell. And um, we almost went further, but I was like, for our first one, let's just go short because, you know, battery life, and we'll be able to test all that stuff out. Yeah. And we, you know, he got up probably two or three times and he was mainly e-foiling, but just for him to be able to be, you know, two kilometers out to see, reading the bumps, yeah. you know, like from the beginning, he was like looking behind and trying to catch it that way. I said, no, you look at like, look in the front and just sort of follow the, follow the back of the peak and you'll see your feet. And by the end of it, he sort of was in the right spot. He just wasn't yeah. quite, he was, because he was bumpy, you know, downward conditions, he was having to sort of balance a bit more than normal and he didn't get fully clear in a way, but he was like in the spot, accelerated, almost got up, but because of balance is an issue, he was sort of just, you know, staying down. But he, he yeah. learned positioning in that 45-minute session and his battery died literally just like 50 metres out from the beach break. So it was like, <laughs> it was and it was one foot, so he sort of paddled in and it was perfect. Right, so, yeah, a um, lot of a lot of the feedback we've had, including our own experience, is like the purpose of the four drive is not to dominate the the sport. It's to just help mm. you have more fun and cut out some of the more difficult bits, but also 
open up the opportunity to continue to learn because you will actually go and do it. I know for myself, I watched the struggles that a lot of people went through with their downwinding progression and they put in a lot of hard work and they got there and they're guns and they're doing amazing. For me, I've got kids, I've got business, I'm busy. I just don't get that much time mm. to go and practice and do what these guys do that are unmarried, don't have kids a lot more time. I'm not saying that's a prerequisite to being able to downwind. But like You're saying they're more happy? <laughs> <laughs> but for me and Ben, like we're like, well, we want to do this with you guys too. And it just allowed us to at least have some guarantee we can get out of the water and start learning. And boy, did we have to learn. Because just because we can push the trigger a few paddle strokes and we're up. Yeah. I always remember listening to your podcast going, turn left, get off the wave as soon as you're having fun, like start looking for the next bump. Because yeah. that doesn't mean that it just means you can just instantly downwind. downwind yeah. But at least you can start progressing mm. yeah, without the massive hurdle of, yeah, you know. Well, like you've always said, downwinding is just two parts, learn to get up and then learn to stay up. Yeah. If you can eliminate the really hard bit, which is getting up, that you don't even have, like there's definitely some, you know, fulfilment of learning that skill of getting up. But if you can jump straight to the fun bit of actually surfing for 14 kilometres down the yeah. road. Nah, for sure. And look, let's. Uh, Dave Kassane was the perfect example of that. Yeah, because he, look, he's a very skilled paddler. So he's a good example, but he's also someone who, he was someone who maybe didn't even need the forward drive, in, in my opinion, because he's a, like, he's a world-class stand-up paddler. He's, I've um, heard that you can't, get a, uh, you can't get a sup trophy anywhere on the East Coast without Dave's name on it somewhere. Pretty much. Can't get like, it. Yeah, he's, he's won um, everything Like at, at some stage. Um, he's a strong paddler. He's a strong paddler. He's very committed. Um, he's determined and he'll never tell you he's worked as hard as he has. <laughs> yeah. He's called yeah. the fox for a reason. Um, but basically, <laughs> he he learned to downwind fall and, and we'll probably, me and Dave are probably going to do a run this afternoon. He didn't have yes. one bad session the entire hmm. learning process of okay. downwind foiling. He did the fall yeah. drive. He figured that out, progressed yeah. down fall sizes on the fall drive. So basically learnt how to paddle up using the mm -hmm. fall drive. And then once he's up, he was learning to, to downwind. Uh, and then mm -hmm. he ditched the fall drive and he was then at a level that he could read the bumps well enough because he was using a smaller foil with the foil drive that he could then get up because yeah. I've said this a half thousand times, but downwind foiling is a timing and technique thing. Flat water yeah. foiling, paddling up is timing, technique and power. <laughs> and not everyone has yeah. the power, but people who get stuck on flat water foiling will actually never, just because you can paddle up in the flat doesn't mean you can paddle up in the bumps. And that's what people really yeah. have a hard time figuring out. Sure. And by using the fall drive in the bumps and then progressing down fall sizes, downwinding while fall driving, um, you learn the timing. And then once you're up, obviously with the battery, so the, the prop above mm. the, you know, up high, it's like you're just yeah. you're just doing the exact same thing, you know. And look, I think it's worth mentioning there is like a little bit of technique with the fall drive. You've got to sort of paddle, and because of the thrust, you've got to be a little bit further forward. Once the props out of the water, yep. there's a little foot adjustment back, but that's that's it. That's that's, that's the learning curve, more or less. And then once you're up, yeah. there's a fraction more weight. There's I don't know what was it. You guys would know the exact numbers, but it's what? maybe a setup is three and a half kilos. Three, three and a half kilos. It's, it's bugger. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, so it's bugger all once you're yeah, out. And remember the first time I used the four wheel drive, not even for a down window, but it was a little bomby session and there was a few little reverb swell lines inside and I rode a wave and then I sort of, I was, I was up and riding, I was just pumping and I glided all the way in mm. and like forgot I even had the four wheel drive on basically. So I was just gliding, gliding all the way in and then yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm holding a trigger. That's right. <laughs> you know, the sort of motor away <laughs> from it too. It was so cool. So yeah. basically my point is the four drive makes it fun from go to woe <laughs> and you can ditch it whenever or you can hold on to it. It doesn't and really matter. The other, the other thing that you know, Kissa really did really well and I think Benny Chin does it a lot as well is if you can't organise a downwind run, like that is the one downside of, of downwinders is there's a fair bit of logistics involved and getting drop-offs and pick-ups and yeah. we don't all have a, a fantastic life like yourself. But Very lucky, <laughs> yes. from but like, if you can't organise a crew to go with and all that kind of stuff, but it's a howling onshore, you can just go out and just motor out into the wind, mm. stand up, learn some more, you know, practice some more of your balance skills and technique and all that kind of stuff. Motoring out into the wind, turn around and pop back up, and then downwind back Surf to the shore all the way back in. And I remember I've seen, Dave, yeah, he's done like a small battery even, which is only a third the runtime of the bigger ones. He was doing six kilometer or six one kilometer in and out practice sessions at Collaroy there yeah. and it's like to be able to just do that after work rock up the beach and just mm -hmm. practice downwinding everything about learning a new skill is just time actually doing the skill yeah. and look the number of times people said is that person out there okay you know <laughs> he was so far out with the four wheel drive and it's like uh he's actually yeah. got a motor he didn't paddle that fast out <laughs> but he, he, he will just be foiling in without the motor. It, it's it's kind of cool what he's doing. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, it's the best. And, look, there's a few guys locally, JB and um, yeah. a few other crew that, that do the paddle outs, but they only get like a third of the distance out that any of the yeah. four-wheel drive guys are using. They get literally JB might get a K out and it takes him, I don't know, 10 minutes. Dave yeah. and Benny will get like two to three Ks out and it takes them yeah. 10 minutes to get out as well. You know, so it's like... Uh, and because the other thing that I think is pretty cool that like I've heard it in you know within your coach Casey club and on one of your podcasts as well like we've just got so many tools now to learn to downwind so like you were referring to like the wing you could use a wing or you could use a foil drive and they're just tools to help you get onto a wave and then you're either flagging a wing and just downwinding and then you've got this big thing flapping around and carrying on yeah. or you've got a motor and you've got a little bit of extra weight but they're all just tools to learn to downwind and what's been cool is the last couple of weeks over summer, I've been doing a lot of demos and stuff up in Queensland and somewhere like Queens Beach in Redcliffe, north of Brizzy, they don't really get waves per se. It's a winging and kiting spot. Like there's heaps of guys wind foiling and kite foiling. And there's a bunch of guys there now that when it is really starting to pick up, they get those little shore runners and all that kind of stuff and some decent downwind bumps between um, Morton Island and, and the mainland. And they, they're basically just using the wing to get out offshore to then turn around, flag the wing, and then surf. And they're like, just, I'm only winging because it's the way to get out there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the couple of guys that I gave demos and stuff to that have really only ever winged in kind of surfy, downwindy conditions are now loving the fact that they can just ditch the wing and go out and sort of do this pseudo e-foil downwind. It's actually two benefits from the, for, with that is, is one, um, when you wing upwind, you have to zig, zag, tack, jive, whatever you're doing. And like if you go up, if you go upwind 10 Ks, it's probably like a 25 K journey. 
Yeah, you know? for sure. Whereas if you foil drive upwind, obviously the battery, you know, but if you foil drive upwind, you, mm. if you're going 10Ks upwind, you probably travel 10Ks, up, you know, upwind. So it's exactly. a lot shorter no matter how you look at it. Um, and then when you get, like, I hate the wing blindfolding, wing management, I'd prefer the foil drive every day of the week for, for that. But that's also why I deflate. But without going too far <laughs> off topic, like I'm learning to wing at the moment because, again, mm. I've, I've done no wind sports, I've done no surf sports. Foiling is my first forte into all this. I'm still using the foil drive to learn to wing because I'm not too bad going in one direction, but the other direction I just get smashed. Yeah. So I'm just using the motor to just motor back into the wind and, again, practice the skill I'm trying to practice of wing management. I can yeah. foil, but I can't. I, I just don't have my head around the wing and how to manage the wind and the angles and all that. So I'm just using the motor to get more time actually practicing the skills each time I go out. I did the same thing on the Murray River, like my first attempt at it. Mm. I could get up and foil and I could go down and back to the fine, but I could not for the life of me work out how to make headway back up. I just didn't have enough finesse. And all the way down that Murray River section was just high weeds. So I just had to get on the board, feather the wing and just motor back up. Mm. get ahead of the boat ramp and then I'll come back in. If I didn't have that, it would have been just a nightmare to get out of the boat. I guess it also, you know, I think everyone who's learned any wind sport knows about the walk of shame. You, yeah. know, you certainly save yourself. And if nothing else, you don't have the walk of shame. You, you just foil back up wind. So that's. We got, we got the same comment. When our first downwinder was a 10 kilometer run or 9.5 yeah. or something. And we just mowed it out and we just butchered it the whole way along, but we were able to get up, get in. I probably got up out of the water 40 or 50 times mm-hmm. because every time I got up, I didn't know how to read swell properly. But we made it to the end, not far behind the rest of the sort of crew. Yep. They were like, you didn't have to go through hours of swearing and carrying on. And they were giving us grief about it. Yeah. We actually had fun on our first down window. Yeah, no, I've witnessed those dummy spits many times. Yeah. It. There's like paddle over the, sh- like I've seen <laughs> paddles snapped. I've seen swearing yeah. the board with the paddle. There, yeah. there's, I haven't seen that much grown, that many grown men spit the dummy in <laughs> any <laughs> other coaching. <Yeah. laughs> the downwind boiling is a, Back to the other part. It was like that was fun. It was pretty fun. Having a chat, they're like, "You guys have no idea." Yeah. And these are like Trav Murphy and Scotty, guys who are really, again, really strong paddlers. Yeah, in their own right, uh, and they're just like, "You guys have no idea how much." And you know, they got into it a lot earlier than we did too. And the gear has progressed so far. I mean, mm. we're on some really old gear from three years ago, trying to learn to downwind, and it's just like. It would have been such a slog, and even for yourself, it's been around a lot longer than than we have. Like mm. learning back then, I still tip my hat to anyone who just grabs a prone foil board and jumps in the surf and learns to learns to prone or learns to foil in the surf. Like even in the surf, so I guess let's talk about that. So the way I teach for the foil drive in the surf is I usually get people on like stand ups, whether they stand up paddle or not, mm. just so they learn how to foil drive in the waves. And yeah, the balance factor is one thing that people freak out on. And the other thing is, um, you know, um, the ability to catch a wave and steering with the fall drive is one thing. But once once you sort of teach them to steer, you know, off away from the surf break yeah. and then like be able to go straight and get close to sort of the, the pumping technique, I guess. Yeah. Um, the best thing is they get, they can catch 
in a hour and a half session, they're probably catching 20 to 30 waves, yeah. even in a bad surf day. Like if there's no waves, they're still catching like 20 to 30 waves. Yeah. I've had prone, like just, you know, I guess, what do you call it? Um, just regular prone foil sessions where we've only caught like five or six waves. Yeah. And and that's, and they didn't get on foil because they're, just, they're learning to prone foil. Some people are learning to surf hmm. while prone foiling. And I'm like, we should do a, you know, do, I don't, now I want to learn the right, you know, the actual way. It's like, oh, it's you're still learning the actual way. <laughs> you're just going to learn way quicker. <laughs> but um, the, like the couple of coaching um, clinics and stuff that I've been with you, like the one we did in Wollongong, that Bombay Water mm-hmm. um, session there, you kind of gauged your students and said, well, you've got a fair bit of practice. You're getting closer. You're just trying to refine your technique. You're really struggling to just even paddle in a straight line and get going and we're in bumpy conditions today why don't you put the foil drive on and the other thing we haven't talked about yet is how the way you like throttle limit the controller so they only ever get a low they they can pull the trigger all the way in but they're only getting a little bit of assistance just to help them go in a straight line Mm. i thought that was pretty cool way you ran those clinics of gauging your students and going you really just need help standing up and it's a really bumpy day and paddling a straight line let's give you a little bit of help but then you still a little push, it. yeah. <laughs> so that's yeah. like another cool way that I've seen firsthand. You use the four drive for for that lessons and coaching and helping people at various different stages, I guess. Actually, I just did a lesson probably it was a week ago, but with um a mate of mine, Grant Perry, who's been using an e fall for a long time. He wings. Um, he can surf boil. Um, he spends most of time on an e fall, but he really wants to learn a downwind foil. He's sixty something. Um, and he's been trying to paddle up in downwind conditions and and flat water to sort of hone his technique for at least 18 months. And he hit me up the other day and he was like, Jimmy, I want to, I want to, um, I want to get out in the four drive with you. So I said, okay, what do you want to do for us? I just want to refine my technique and see how far off I am, I guess, in the flat water. So we, we got down there and we started just flat water, you know, technique stuff, drills, paddling. Yeah. And then I said, okay, um, let's get the foil drive on just for the you know last the 20, 30 minutes mm-hmm. and just see how far off you are. And um, I think I started him on a pretty big foil and he, you know, sort of pretty much just e-folded up. Okay, let's come in. We'll get you on a smaller foil. Yeah. And so he had to take a couple strokes on that smaller foil, went down another step and he had to really paddle to sort of get it up and going. And he would get that one up and then the battery mm-hmm. started dying. I'm like, okay, stay with that one. And now you need to really put more power into your paddle stroke. So, okay, okay. Yeah. So we go along and he'd sort of, to, he'd had the feeling of how to get the lift. And now he was like, okay, I've got to put more power on the paddle. And sure enough, paddling, pumping. And he probably had like 30% battery, but you know how the, the battery does sag, I guess, phase away towards the end. But he, he got up on, on all, like it was, and that was, and yeah. recently he went out for a downwinder actually just last week, I guess a week after we'd done that. And he, he's popping up downwind now, you know? So it's like, yeah, just the feeling of the release. Yeah. A lot of people never feel. I was going to say, it's all muscle memory. Yeah. 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 But it's and, also, like, you can't get access to that experience of breaking surface tension and getting up. How do you then learn to retain the feeling of what's happening prior, immediately after? And like, you, if you don't get chances to practice that, yeah, you don't get to progress past that initial point. Mm-hmm. And that's what really helped me 
when I was learning to downwind, I could pretty much get up on anything that moved, but I very quickly worked out the large majority of all the waves I chose and the positions I chose them in and the timings at which I went to took off was wrong. Even though the motor forced it to work, <laughs> I quickly learned, okay. That right. one felt better than this one. Yeah, and this one was effortless to get up on and I didn't actually think that was a really good bump. Mm. But it turns out that was actually the trough I should be chasing not the wave I could see behind me and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Intuitive, it's just not. Yeah. Um, but I was able to fumble my way through it, heavily relying on the motor, basically 9% of everything. Mm. But it allowed me to have 100 starts, 90 of them were at the wrong spot, but I still got it to work and I could quickly whittle down to more and more towards the correct spot. And there's still plenty to learn. But at least I could I could learn fail it's lots, exposure. learn fast. Yeah, it's exposure to different experiences, and, yeah. lots and lots of experiences. Yeah. And that's and, it. And and I guess having them all being fun is kind yeah. of the trick. And that's the that's the benefit, right? Like so, anyone who's learned the downwind foil, especially, knows you're going to have one or two bad sessions. I, I think. I think I was lucky that I only really had like two bad sessions. One was in WA trying to paddle up the Kai foil with a mate of mine, Matt Nottage. And and the other was um, a prone downwind session with the Spencer brothers in Maui. And I got sort of halfway and then came down and had to sort of chip in on a reef. And I was sort of sitting out to sea as the sun was setting, waiting for the right little wave. Um, (laughs) You know, so, but with a four drive, none of those, both of those would have been great sessions. Because it's just getting that chip in, yeah. and that's what the four drive does. And you can see behind you guys where the where the prop is compared to an e foil. It's right up. It's like on the fuse, and to be able to yeah. pop up above it and get your chip in, then with no more drag, it's like, why didn't anyone figure this no, earlier? Not. You know, <laughs> it's so it's so good. Was my favorite line is oil drive is at its best. When it's not in use, yes. Like used it and it's turned off, and the blades are folded back, and it's not actually doing anything. It's achieving its maximum possible output, and that's the way I see it. Um, yeah. And sliding the pot up and down, as you would know, James, is crucial because when you're first learning, if you drop it down a bit, you've got a little bit more margin. You can sort of get it up and still have a bit of thrust. But as you progress with wings and gear and boards and stuff, mm. same with the motor, you just keep getting it closer and closer to the board where it's almost touching. Mm. And that's been fun too because you can keep working towards making it less and less, you know, low down and less used, if you will. Mm. And then yeah, less e foiling kind of. Yeah. I sort of described my clients. Where do you have the prop? Did you have it e foil mode or surf mode? You know, when we first started, it was probably sort of like here, and then it very quickly dropped down, and now yeah. it's been a nice sort of like, yeah, as long as you can, yeah. Uh, you don't need it any lower than that once yeah. you've got your head around it. You just need that and pulse, especially like as you were saying before, like you do ninety launches and you're in in the kind of wrong spot. You're taking off from the wrong bumps with the wrong mm. timing and technique and all that. But then once you start to learn that technique from experience, going, this is the bump I should go for, and you just go, wow. And you're up, yeah. that's where you can get the motor really close to the board. And the motor's only providing the last, you know, we're still taking paddles and still putting in paddle strokes. The motor's only providing that sort of last little bit just to get you up. If you've got the technique and the timing right and they're in good conditions with decent bumps, the motor's only like that. It's in use for like 
it's, 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 it's basically it's um it's like creating a downhill moment yes essentially it's creating a breaking wave that isn't yeah. breaking <laughs> you know it's just giving you that little push that you get from the downhill of a the perfect bump when you're downwinding the little chip in when you're yeah. paddling in prone um think, the, the gust of wind when you're winging at, at any point I think the about it is it, it does provide constant momentum so what i find is that when i'm when i was trying to learn i would actually leave it on cruise control at like 30 percent throttle which just maintained at least a two times paddle speed constantly forward so my my masts moving through the water my wings moving through the water my boards moving through the water and i had so much more stability which meant i could actually focus more on the conditions around me and i could still i still use the paddle because i like the feeling of that interaction with my, my arms in the water and whatnot but when it came time to go because you've already got that momentum and you can feed the throttle in the speed builds but it's not pulsing like if you're not doing it about mode you've got high talk no talk high talk no talk like a paddle's very on off it's very binary mm. whereas if you've got the motor constantly pushing you don't ever really slow down that much you can keep building your speed until you sort of make it work mm. that's what i felt when I was doing it. And the other factor that I think has been mentioned is you can make the wrong wing, wing choice and get away with it. <laughs> yeah. I think um, I tested that the other day. We are chatting yeah. before we started recording, but I went out and I was teaching these two grums to, to foil. And at the high tide, there was a wave on the inside and on the outside it was pumping. And I wanted to I wanted to tow foil basically with my foil drive. And um, at the high tide yeah. out the back, it was perfect. And I went home. Dad duties, charged the batteries, went back out in the afternoon. Looks like the sweller dropped a little bit. I'm like, ah, oh well, and we'll go out anyway. I've only got, you know, 45 minute window. I'm just gonna don't have time to even look at it. I'm just gonna go. Wind had picked up, yes. tide had dropped, there was current everywhere. The chops were like, you know, one and a half, two foot chops, but three to four foot wedges. And I was out there and used a 699 on my wing board. And but I got up, I got five waves. So it wasn't a horrible session. But I got five waves and then decided it's time to go in and got about halfway in and <laughs> my battery had died because I was motoring too much with you know too small a foil. So my advice is if you're ever gonna go to the four drive and, and doing something new, go at least one size bigger than you think, because there's nothing worse than being underfoiled. Like I say, when you're downwind, underfoiled yeah. sucks, you don't get up. And if you do get up, you're just pumping flat water essentially the whole way. Likewise in the surf. Yeah. You, you, if if your wave's you're 100 meters long, wave. but the 50 meter zone is the the, the power pocket, if you're on too small a wave, you're only going to be able to surf the 50 meters. And you're going to miss that extra glide that you would yeah. have got on um everything on, on a you on the bigger flow. Say again. Or the big one. Were you on the small battery or the? Big I was on one? the smallest battery, so I was like, you know, that's why I ran out of battery as well. <laughs> and I was trying yeah. to dodge. I was dodging a few sets, you know, because I'd have to go close to the to get enough power to get going. So I was. I was testing the smallest limits of everything and I found yeah. how to go too small, that's for sure. I had a session with a good customer of ours who now is a, a really good personal friend and he's 63, he's a total prop, he just loves it. Yeah. And he had tried downwinding earlier on and it was just too much punishment for him at the time and his age and he's really fit for his age mm. but it was just outside the realms of feasibility it was just not happening so he just went back to lots of subsurfing and how many pool and still using his foil drive but then when we started doing some downwinding and, and he got back into it we all go out as equals 
So I'm 37 and he's like they've got three decades on me. But we're equals out there because we're both not capable of just paddling up. We're relying on our motor and our paddling combined. Mm. And what's been interesting is, is that we can foil together, downwind together, and stay within close proximity of each other, short of someone falling off and you just continue going. But what was interesting is that one day he chose the wrong wing. He got too ambitious. He went too small. And I had the I had the right wing and I had the Axis 1050. And he just had too small a wing. And but he was able to stay with me. It's not like I just left him behind because he just forced that thing to work and was just bombing down these waves. And he was going really quick, but as soon as he lost that bump, he would just instantly drop off. The wing would just stall. Mm-hmm. So what he was able to do was just as he knew he'd stuffed up, he was going to stall, he'd just drop the motor in, give it a little pulse, and zip back on the next one behind him. And he was able to stay with us. And it was really cool because he we both knew. Damn, like I'm gonna either just leave you behind or we're gonna make this work. And he just forced it to work from the start to the end yeah. on a wing that was definitely too small for that day. So you're telling me if I use too small a wing, use too big a battery. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. But that whole like you're staying together and stuff too, like because getting up is then getting up and getting on foil again is no longer like a punishment or you're shit scared of it. I think you make better decisions when you are up on foil too. Like if you've busted your ass for 20 minutes and tried to get on foil six times and you knack it and you're dummy spitting and trying to snap your paddle across your knee, when you get up, you're shit scared and then you're panic pumping is a, a term I've seen in your oh, coach yeah. group. You're panic pumping, you're making bad decisions, and then you end up not foiling and linking the bumps as well as you can. Because you're just so shit scared of coming down. Oh, and but also just the the increased heart rate, like that. Mm. It's like to to paddle up onto foil when you're learning, your heart rate's spiking like well and truly into the red zone. Like, and so then once you're up, um, one of my clients, JB, he's he's trying to get more. His his goal is to be a he can downwind, but he wants to be efficient downwinding. Um, he he refuses to use a four drive, by the way. But this is why. <laughs> but he um he basically just to get the heart rate down, he needs good conditions and the perfect foil and all this sort of stuff. And it's kind of like, well, as we're talking now, it's like, well, if he just used the four drive to get up, then he would probably be really efficient for the rest of the run, you know, because his heart rate would never spike. Did he start or did you start the no paddle, no pump challenge? No, that was that was Lucas. That was Lucas, was it? Yeah. 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 Foil, a guy, Foil Only, um, is his Instagram, yeah. and he's he does some pretty cool stuff in rivers. He's, he's um, from Switzerland. And, um, yeah, he's, yeah right. he's he's a flat water foiler, basically, and he's a frother. He does some cool things. Um, but he wants to learn to pump up without padding. I guess I've done it 100 times with the foil drive. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, those guys that are yeah, just just pumping up the climber boards and all that kind of stuff. That's that's pretty cool. I mean, there's quite a few more people done it now by the looks of it, but that's that's pretty cool that the technology is getting that far. And that I think that the techniques and the general knowledge of foiling in the foiling community is getting so much higher now that so many more things are possible. So it's pretty. Cool. You know what else? I was just thinking about it just before. You know, the longer skinnier boards. Um, I guess higher aspect, like bigger range speed of foils it Mm. actually helps the foil drive stuff too because you're going to get more battery life out of a if your board is five foot by 30 versus a board that's six four by 
24. Yeah. The battery usage to get up on a 6.4 compared to the 5.0 yeah. is much less. And yeah. obviously there's a bit of, um, you know, there's downside in the length. But Yeah, there's two sessions. sides of that, like, discussion, though. Like, one is, yes, a longer, skinnier board. Like I was telling you before we started recording, I wrote the um, Downwind Pro the other day. And I was, I was amazed how that – it was the first long, skinny downwind board I'd used, and I was amazed at how – small it felt but it, yeah it got off the water really really easy like it mm. just just picked up speed and just took straight off i, I had a very light I'll, I'll give myself that but it compared to uh, the boards that i normally use which are effectively winging boards that are shorter and a bit fatter it definitely got off the water easier but the other like design philosophy behind foil drive is use the gear you've got if you're a winger and you're already doing winging downwinding but now you want to get into just paddle downwinding or just downwinding without a wing. There's no reason why you can't use your wing board. I mean, mm-hmm. video we filmed of, filmed with you at um at home and in Coleroy, you know, that was your wing board and you were surf foiling it in a prone kind of way. Like Oh, it felt like I was winging and the foil drive was my wing. So like to manage the wing was much easier because it was a controller. <laughs> you know, it was board, like board design like definitely helps. It's nowhere near as critical as it is when you're just analog foiling paddle foiling yeah you need a six foot six four by 24 downwind board to paddle up on the flat with a paddle you don't particularly need to buy that board if you've already got a five eight 25 wing board or something mm, you have to learn to get into downwinding and, and learn to do it if you've got the motor so it's yeah. it's just opening up more opportunities because i think foiling's really starting to split into all these different branches mm. And while there is boards that are designed perfectly for proning, perfectly for surfing, surf, surf, wing, winging, <laughs> downwinding, all these different divisions, I think the motor does allow you to experiment with all of these, uh, you know, aspects of foiling with the gear that you already have. You don't particularly. Yeah. I guess the, I was just thinking then the only discipline that the foil drive probably would not work is um, the dock starters because they're using those little tray boards. Sure. And so unless you had the motor like on your head, you know, <laughs> in the, in the, the, the battery like above the water somewhere, which don't probably, the, look, don't even rule that out. Like people laugh, but like JB said he wants the um the, the motor on like a belt, you know, so have it go through your leg rope and then there's no weight on your board and you're carrying the weight. He reckons there's something in that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, there's some crazy ideas out oh, there. Yeah, there's some good ones. But yeah, it's, you know, what can we recommend versus, yeah. yeah. I'm interested to know your opinion on, because, you know, arguably one of the most knowledgeable people on the planet when it comes to downwinding. I was finding that I was wanting to run smaller, faster wings as I was progressing my downwinding because I just felt like I wanted to go faster, but I never had that penalty to contend with, which was not being able to get out of the water. Yeah. And I was talking to some other people who had been trying to downwind and they've got really large foils and they're big boards and they've got the full setup because they're trying to make takeoffs as easy for themselves as they can. But they were then complaining that once they were up, they could, they were struggling to stay with the, the wave, natural cadence and speed yeah. because the wing's so big. Um and I never went through that because I could start on a smaller foil and I ended up going to smaller foils again. Yeah. Um, because I'm relying on the motor. Mm. 
but would it would just interesting to see your opinion on like that dynamic of like right away at the top board size and wing sizes like this triangle of equipment yeah you sort of either way i see it is you can sometimes get pigeonholed into you need to run this wing with this sort of volume board at your body weight and average level of fitness to have any real chance of getting up and that that equipment window is relatively narrow yeah Whereas if you add on top of your body weight this little extra asterisk, which is a foil drive assist, that opportunity to change the board and the wing selection can increase significantly because you're no longer relying on just human power. Yeah, I uh, think it depends on the conditions available to you. So um, I think here in Sydney we're lucky that we have um, like a bay run. So there's yeah. Botany Bay and Pitwater, which big foils are like the only way to go. Because if I was to use my my ocean foil, like my fast racing ocean foil in the bay run, I would yep. literally pump from once I got up to when I finished because the foil goes faster than any of the bumps do. So it's literally uphill, downhill, uphill, downhill. Whereas right. in, um, in the ocean, there's swells and then there's mm. wind chop. So yep. the, the problem with big foils is that when people are learning is the swells are much easier to see and easier yeah. to read than the wind chop. So whenever oh. someone learns, they're using a big foil, um, they'll paddle up and they see a swell, they try to chase the swell. Yeah. With a foil drive and a smaller foil, you can chase that swell. Mm-hmm. With a Without a foil drive and a bigger foil, you have to ignore that swell and yeah. you've got to tap into the ones that you can only really feel Mm-hmm. that is the wind chop and all the little energy amongst the wind chop. So yeah. for me, coaching um, for guys that can only learn in down, can only learn in the ocean, I still recommend that bigger foil just because so they can get up. Yeah. And it also actually teaches them a really good lesson. And one of the lines that you have to take, which is peeling off and reconnecting. Because yeah. when p- people think downwind, they think you get on one swell and you go the entire way. And yeah. the thing with downwinding is, the swells do this and then they disappear and then do this and they disappear. They literally pop up and disappear. Yep. <laughs> so you're not ever, even if you're the best foiler in the world, you can yep. never stay on one swell the entire 12 kilometer run. It yep. doesn't exist. Like yep. it, it doesn't happen. Yep. Um, I've probably been on a swell for maybe a K, maybe a K and a half max. Yeah. And that's where the swell sort of wraps around this sort of headland. But that's, yep. that's like borderline surf boiling now. It yeah. didn't, didn't even feel like downwinding because downwinding is jumping between one chop to the other chop to the other chop. So yeah. using, and when I, you know, especially when downwind falling started getting a bit bigger nine months to maybe 12 months ago, people yeah. were saying, oh, it's not possible where I live. Um, there's not enough swell. And I'm like, mate, it's the perfect conditions for where you live there because swell is the enemy. We need wind chop. We need the short period swell. The yeah. big ground swell is no good. The other thing I hear people say is, oh, my foil's too slow. I, I, I paddle up on it and I can't keep up with the swells. Yeah. I'm like, you don't want to keep up with the swells. You need to learn to peel off and reconnect. And with the big foils, it's sort of like a bit of initiation. Because yeah. you're in a big foil, you have to peel off and reconnect probably five or six times more than I do now on a smaller foil that I just sort of hang with one for much longer and then peel off once or twice every kilometre. So mm. it's the advantage of the foil drive is you can get to that point and kind of skip that initiation of learning those skills. But the disadvantage is you may miss those crucial skills that will yeah. actually help you because you talked about um, too big a foil. 
but then there's also the other option, which is too small a foil. Sure. And basically when you use too small a foil, when you downwind, and this is actually what we spoke about when we first started yeah. chatting, you're yeah. like, oh, you can get up on like a GL140 or GL100. I'm like, I don't think I want to downwind that smaller foil because it's actually, I'm going to be pumping a lot more. And if I make the wrong decision, it's all over. I've got to, yeah. I mean, it's not all over with the forward drive, but it's all over like to that run, I guess, the, the, that, that time up on foil. So learning to peel off and reconnect and leave the swell that's going faster than you and get the swell behind you and hold on to it for the right amount of time for your foil is kind of a really like a really important skill i learned on the the original maliko my mate marcus tarju he learned in western australia on the maliko 280 he's about 70 kilos and and the maliko 280 is like that's probably awesome. still one of the biggest liftiest foils and he learned to downwind on the Maliko 280 people try yeah. now oh it's too hard doesn't have enough glide rah 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 mm-hmm. and it's like sure but the Maliko 280 is still faster than any other paddling craft downwind like paddle powered craft so there's no reason you can't do it you just have to pull off and reconnect more and I think yeah. because I came from the stand up paddle downwind sort of side of things like mm-hmm. racing um I'm used to peeling off and reconnecting all the time because on a paddleboard, yeah. you're literally doing that Absolutely. 50 to 100 times yeah. every kilometer, pretty much, you know. So, And I think that's where, like, when you and I had a chat ages and ages ago when I first had my first few downwind runs, and it was the same thing. I was like, I, I feel like I'm not going fast enough. I need to go a, a smaller pool to, to go faster to, to keep with it a bit longer and keep my speed up. But then, as you said, yeah, you've got to learn to turn off. And that's where I think, yeah, using a forward drive, you probably skip that step of having a wing that you just get lit up mm-hmm. on if you stick yeah. with it too long. So you, you have to learn to turn off because otherwise you just can't, you're just going to get, yeah, yeah. drop yeah. into a wave. There's a, couple, there's a couple you don't want to drop down on when you're learning, yeah. that's for sure. Yeah. yeah. So learning to turn off. And I think the point, well, something you said to me or I saw it in your group or something like that was like, as soon as you feel like you're having fun, turn off and find the next one yeah. <laughs> that stuck with me so well because I was I'd already jumped off that big foil and I never, I never had that too big a foil I was already on the smaller one that I could drop in and not yeah. get lit up but then it'd lead me up the garden path and as soon as that had fade I'm stuck high and dry with yeah. nothing around and I didn't have the speed up and I'd lost the speed and then I'd fall off yeah second point that I think you made to me that was really helpful for me was don't just like because you've got the trigger there, and this applies to winging as well. Don't just grab the wing, the wing or grab the trigger as soon as you feel like you're going to drop off foil, because then you don't learn why you failed. Mm-hmm. Just gone, and then you're back on again. You're you're off on the next bit. You don't get that little bit of time to process. Why didn't that work? What did yeah. I do? I you have no time to sort of way. assess what went wrong. Yeah. You just think, okay, I came off. You just think, oh, I just pulled the yeah. trigger and I, it didn't matter. I'll keep doing that a hundred times. It won't matter. But if you come off foil, you learn, you teach yourself the lesson. I came exactly. off foil and that's because I was running uphill or, you know, whatever it was. You know, that's usually. Gives you the opportunity to be a lot more lucid and present with what you're doing because there isn't that fear of if I fall off foil now, I could struggle for the next however long to ever get back up. Mm. Yeah. But I never felt any concern falling off getting it wrong picking the wrong way because i just didn't care like i was like okay what that didn't what, work what let's go again there? and i could just get up and try again and again and again. we learned pretty quick yeah 
what we were doing wrong didn't mean that like you just instantly became good but i got to do the wrong thing like 50 times in a row yeah. and really can like okay so that's definitely the wrong way yeah and then started doing it closer to the right way mm. more progressively yeah. yeah i mean that that lack of fear factor i think is huge and like even even wingers have that oh, grab the thing because they know that if they come down if the wind's a little bit light and the swell's kind of bumpy you kind mm. of get stuck below that wind line you, get, you know you can't get it going which are the foil drive as long as you got a good amount of battery it's like yeah there's no issue i'm getting back up like it's yeah that's think, not a problem <laughs> I think safety thing too we've we've had some customers ring in and just tell us something about some of the runs they're doing between islands and it's like are you serious like we can't be doing this <laughs> like, we've in the past we've been out doing this huge run and the wind dies and we've got a 12 kilometer paddle back to shore and it's like are out that ballsy stuff but they were contacting us to say we've been using the drive and they only need a small battery because they're confident boilers but as them they're saying that really helps them feel safer mm. <laughs> that if the conditions do fade a bit they're not on the raggedy edge they can force it to stay up and if they make a mistake drop the board down hit boost keep that forward speed and then sort it out you know and yeah um, yeah, well, I think there's a few um, situations, guys over in Maui, there's the Maliko run, then the other side of the island, there's the Kihei run. And the Kihei yeah. run is kind of notorious for it's really good when it's on, but yeah. it when it what can happen is the wind sort of wraps around the island and you get halfway along this the Kihei run, depending yeah. where you're finishing, and the last two or three or four kilometres can be a headwind, basically. It's like yeah. cross offshore, blows you out to Molokini instead of into... Um, I guess La Perouse sort of area, and yeah. um, they could have used a full drive, you know, because it would have got them out of trouble. Would have saved them sort of, you know, a thirty-minute paddle in. Likewise, yeah. um, there's a mate of mine lives out of Melbourne, um, Warwick. He um, he loves the full drive, and he's like, oh, you know, because we've got lots of bays in Melbourne. Like we sort of got to motor out to where the wind line is, and we go from there. And where I finish, I finish yeah. out of the wind line so I can motor back in. Yeah, and yeah. I'm like, yeah, for sure. That's that's epic, you know. Um, the wingers that use 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 the motor just purely just to get out to the wind line. Mm. Yeah, and small battery, and they just lie on the board, motor across the bay, get out to where there's just enough wind to get up. They use the motor to help them get up, and then they go out out the front motor, yeah. you know, wing around, do their thing, and then come back in. So there's there's definitely that little bit of a extra. It might just feel nice to just have it there <laughs> as a yeah. backup as well for a lot of the time, but. Um, another thing I want to ask you quickly coming back to downwinding, when I met up with you and we were over in Perth, I noticed like there was a bunch of guys that you well, hung out with you when you did one of your clinics and then there was the downwind race that was on. And like not so much in the race because you're going for speed, but after that trip as well, you and Zane did a video on like, you know, downwind surf fun, like turning just downwind runs into fun rather than straight out speed and like, Every time I watched you downwinding compared to, like, say, your students who were still like, getting up and foiling and leaking bumps and whatever, but the students always looked like they were more going much straighter from point A to point B. You always look like you were going over there and then over there and then over there and lots of turning. And I saw some chatter about, like, pump turning, like a, a nice big carved turn. Yeah, yeah. A, a turn is as good as a pump. Yeah. Like... 
it's, it's a little bit off topic from the foil drive thing, but I just think it's such a cool point that I don't see talked about much that like you always look like you're going across the waves and yeah. across the well and the wind line and then pump lots of big, you just look like you're surfing and having a fall the entire time. <laughs> yeah. Well, interesting you say that because when I was in New Caledonia, um, I went over there for a stand-up paddle race on my unlimited, so 18 footboard, and we went from yeah. one island to another. We did a few practice runs before and with the local crew and um, mm. one of the comments from the local crew was um, they're like, oh, you know, they're French, so I, I won't do a French accent, but they're like, you know, you were going all the way over there and then you're going all the way over there and like we were just going straight and then you're on our right side then you're on our left side. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, I was just, you know, like surfing the bump, I guess. I was just staying in the as high as I could on the peak. And yeah. so I actually just did a little, like a little workshop Wednesday yesterday like a little afternoon clinic with um some of the local crew and one of the groms that turned up freddie he um he's learning to foil um his dad's teaching him done a pretty good job already but he's surfing if this is our wave um he's going really straight and then he's pumping up out in front yeah and what i said to him is mate think about it like because he surfs i said think about when you surf like you're doing a high line like you're almost doing a floater stay up high mm-hmm. here and then just go across this way and he's like oh yeah okay okay and then the next wave he did exactly that got to this corner and then is it a big cutback and then it ended up low again. But I guess the point was when we downwind, people think, oh, I'm going from Avalon to Collaroy. I'm going to go straight. And right, yeah. mm-hmm. there's no bump that goes the speed that you are all the time. And if you find a good bump, yeah. just hang with it and, and stick with it. And I talk about one of the things I talk about is recycling the bump. So if you get out in front of it, turn back to it. So instead of like downwind is straight, yeah. people think downwind is straight downwind. But downwind, a lot of the time, I've yeah. got wind in my face because I'm turning back towards the, like upwind towards the wave that I was riding. And then I turn back downwind yeah. and I turn back upwind all in the matter of five seconds. Because, yeah. like, well, like, obviously, you speed. You say that what it looked like is that you're going into the wind. I was like, why are they going that way? Like, <laughs> the wind's blowing that way. Where's it going? Yeah. But well, this is actually interesting. So, I, I I've had a few comments, a discussion with people, JB in particular, he, he was like, oh, I went out today and there was, you know, zero knots of wind and it was the best downwinder ever. And I'm like, mate, I believe it. It's been blowing northeast for the last four days. The 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 wind yeah. swell is probably only maybe five to nine seconds sort of period. That's going to be perfect. He's like, mm-hmm. oh, but there was no wind. So it's like really cool that I was doing it. I'm like, yeah, people, like we call it downwinding, but we're actually down swelling. Yeah. <laughs> You know what yeah. I mean? Like we're not actually, the wind doesn't actually make as big an impact as you think. No, the wind just, will give us a little push to help us get going. Yeah. Once you're up, it'll help you continue downwind. But if there's no wind, you can actually kind of surf side to side. And it, it's it's yeah. obviously shorter period is better. And if it's windier, there's more short period wind swell. Mm-hmm. But if it's been blowing, you know, the same direction for five, six, seven days, like Maui is a good example. Maliko runs. They get mm. in summer, they get those east swells. They don't mm. go out if it's 30 knots, but I go out like every morning and it's epic, <laughs> you know, okay. and it's like, it's so cool. I always yeah. wanted to ask you when we watched, we watched the 200 kilometer downwind that you did, that world record. And I remember watching it and first of all, just being like blown away. I thought that's insane. But I was also like wondering if you, and this isn't me trying to, Put four drive into the equation at all, but I was interested to know if you had a motor, the four drive motor on there, and you were able to run a different wing. Do you think you could technically have gone further because you could have changed? Oh, for for uh, sure, 
Yeah, yeah. so I used a much bigger wing at the start because it was not really windy mm. and there wasn't really much swell either. Um, the swell was going the wrong way. <laughs> so basically having the first three hours being sub 10 knots and offshore yeah. Um, yeah. and then the last eight hours being 15 to 25 and swell yeah, like, I could have like on the on the ten nine nine, I was pretty much averaging between two forty five and three oh five minute kilometers. Yeah. A bit slower when I was out wider in current, and a bit faster when conditions were, were better. Yeah. Um, but with a nine nine nine, even I can get closer to two thirty. So every kilometer, so I'm knocking off pretty much twenty five thirty seconds. Twenty five thirty seconds a hundred times. <laughs> you know, that's a lot. So yeah, I was doing the math the other day and I'm like, should I have used the nine 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 that day? How much and then maybe if I lost it a bit in those first two to three hours, would I have made it up in the next eight? And I think mm, I yeah. probably would have, but mentally to not get going in that first two to three hours would have been too big a hit. Sure. You know, and physically trying to get going in the first two to three hours would mm. have broken me. So yeah. Having it consistent was my theory. Um, if I did it again, I'd just pick a better day. <laughs> Wouldn't have been anywhere near as impressive using it. But yeah, that was just my thought experiment. I thought, gee, that wonder. And that you just could have been macking on some of those bigger swells. Oh, yeah. Towards the end, I would have. I could have. Like at the start, yeah, that, those first couple of hours when it was really flat. And, I mean, the clip of you getting up basically flat water and then just pumping away in flat water when you took off off the beach was like, this is a downwind attempt. This is, just looks like it's pumping across the lake. Like, yeah. Yeah. What was, a, um, not a I cool. was pretty stubborn in like, no, it's a good day. It's going to be a good day for it. It's going to yeah. get windier and the wind's half an hour away. We're going to get going. Yeah. And it didn't. And the wind was like offshore basically. And the swell was like kind of cross onshore. So every time I was on a swell, the wind was in my face. And yeah. every time I was pumping out, I was pumping out the swells, but with a little bit of wind at my back. So but that's that hypothetical like case of let's just say you did have a motor on there and you're on a slightly smaller foil that was so that you could go quicker later on when the conditions did pick up. What I've been doing a lot lately in these demos and stuff, we've got limited batteries when we're running demos. There's tens of guys on the beach wanting to all have a go. And I've been going out on my normal surf sup set up with the motor up high and i've been using it as a chance to learn not learn but like i guess learn and refine my pumping skills where i just like and because i'm relatively light and i put on like a hps 980 or somewhere like that that i could still surf in really small surf but it's still big enough that i can flat water pump it around mm -hmm. and i've been just going popping up using you know bugger all yeah that's a hard pump. skill to learn actually so yeah no that and that's moving across to somebody who's having a demo and saying oh, you need to try this or do that or how are you going, whatever, and then just going pumping across to somebody else. Yeah. In that theoretical, hypothetical scenario of, the, you know, you've got a 12-hour window, how far can you go? If in that first two or three hours you could have expelled virtually no energy to get on foil, pumped for a minute and a half, e-foiled for 30 seconds, let your legs rest, pop back up, pump again, how far much further would you have gotten to mm. then allow you more time because you're in that 12-hour window. Yeah, yeah. How much more kilometres could you have added on in good conditions once you got there and be on a faster, smaller foil? Again, it's a hypothetical. It's not something. Yeah, I think it would then become a foil drive record, not a downwind record. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. But that whole, like, learning um, 
that's the exact board and setup that I use in the surf. Mm. But in flat water, I can get up on foil and go up and pump. Like yeah. Dave West organized that pump fest in the sunny coast last week. I wish I could have made it there because that would have been a perfect example of like if you're learning to pump and for flat water, and we're talking about dock starting before, if you're learning to pump, you've got to get on foil first. Yeah. And dock starting is not the easiest thing to learn, you know, straight off the bat. Ah, people love dock starting. I, yeah, it's it's interesting how that evolved. Um, but, yeah, on that flat water foil driving, I've tried to teach a few people that, and it's oh, I can do it. You can yeah. do it. We spend a bit of time on the foil drive. Yeah. But it's actually, I find it much harder to yeah. do in flat water than it is onto a wave. So to foil drive onto sure, a wave definitely. and then just sort of slowly rise versus foil drive with no energy, yeah. pump up above it and then pump away from it without the motor, that's a yeah. hard skill. It's a good one to practice because it gets you really efficient with your pump. But the yeah. the speed you use to gain that's the height to get above the prop and then pump down, keeping yeah. the prop out of the water is with a – you need yeah. a big foil, but it's it's hard. Yeah, as long as you go, then, I think understanding what to do yeah. is not initially of people as well. Like, as long as you've got that forward momentum and you carry that forward momentum once you let it pop up yeah. and push straight down, it's okay. But the two the two tips I've given people, like, because when you're under motor power, and again, it's it's something that's not ex- not like super obvious to people straight up. Just yell if um the little fella wakes up yeah, too. He's just he's just waking up, so we might try to wrap it up. <laughs> yeah. I was just gonna say really quickly, the two tips like yeah, under motor power, you're getting drive from beneath the board. It's everything's leverage, and the motor is trying to lever the nose of the board up, so you're standing further forward. So when you're under that motor power and building the speed, you've got to be a bit further forward. And the more deliberate you can make the pop-up on the foil. To then shift your weight back a little bit, yep. the easier that skill is. Yep. Forward, sure. speed, and again, deliberate, like ollie up onto foil and shift back. Move yeah. your weight back a little bit and then pump. Yeah. The more deliberate you can make that interchange, rather than as you said in the surf, you're kind of just rising up until the motor comes out. It's all very just understanding the technique necessary to do the right physics. Yeah. Yeah. And, exactly. Mm. So, well, I yeah. think we've um we've run out of time. <laughs> <laughs> the bell is wrong. <laughs> yeah, the bell is wrong. But thanks heaps for coming yeah. on, guys, and I'm stoked with what you guys Thanks are doing. I'm I'm a big supporter of you guys, and I, I've used your products to teach many, many, many people, and will continue to in the future. So it's to me the best learning tool around. Um, way easier to manage than a boat or a jet ski or an e-foil or whatever it is. So thanks for developing yeah. it and and giving me a call. Yeah, that that one time. So, um, yeah. No Hope to thanks. see you guys soon. It's been awesome. Yeah. Cool. Thanks, right. Casey. Catch you guys. Sweet. See ya. Catch ya. See you.